This is the City Surgery on City Talk 105.9. And welcome to the Gadget Surgery. Very good afternoon to you. My name's Mick Coyle and we welcome our gadget guru, Gary Miller, back to the studio. Gary, always a pleasure to see you. Normally at Monday morning at 7.20 and again on a Tuesday at around about this time talking tech. Pleasure. Answering questions on gadgets, what's confusing you, what's not working, what would you like to buy in the technology, gadget, computing, or phone, CD, etc. world. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you can uh, send in your questions via surgery at citytalk.fm. That's surgery at citytalk.fm. If you've got a question for our gadget uh, uh, gadget guru on the gadget surgery, so it might be things like, hey, I need a new laptop, but I don't know what spec I need to buy. Hey, I'm looking for a new recommendation on a phone. This is the one that's being offered. Is it any good? Well, our gadget guru hopefully will be able to answer your questions. Uh, Kenny's emailed the show. Uh, Gary, as we kick off this week with this one, he says, Dear Gary, when Microsoft emailed to say they are no longer supporting Windows XP, what are my options without getting a new computer? Brackets, can't afford one. Or operating system, brackets, I like the one I've got. Kenny, Microsoft, are they... Getting this rid is, of XP. This, this is a difficult one. And I, thank you, Kenny, because I didn't know that they'd sent that email out because I actually don't use Windows XP at the moment on my machine. However, it ends. Support for it ends at the end of April. That doesn't mean to say that XP is ending. It's just that Microsoft support after 12 years is ending on the 8th of April. There will be no, and this is the important bit, security updates or technical support for Windows XP operating system. Now, what they're saying, it's important the customers migrate to a modern op- operating system. I thought XP was modern, but a modern operating system such as Windows 8.1. Mm. Um, customers moving to a modern, remember they keep saying modern operating system, will benefit dramatically from enhanced security a broader device choice for a mobile workforce, whatever they are, and higher user productivity and a lower total cost of ownership. Um, Now, also, support for Office 2003, that's Microsoft Office Windows Excel PowerPoint, also ends on April the 8th of this year. So what they're basically saying is everybody has to upgrade because if they don't, they're not going to be as productive or as secure or have a modern operating system. The thing is, on one of my machines, I've still got Windows 97. And you know what? It works fine. So that was a modern operating system then. I get the point. The problem is, if you want to migrate to 8.1, possibly on the machine that Kenny's got, he might find that actually it hasn't got enough memory, enough hard disk space, and that, that's an issue. Isn't that the key point, though, that, that Kenny's saying he, he can't afford a new computer, that's absolutely fine, and he likes the one he's got? It will still work. It, it just won't be getting the updates that it previously had, and that just might leave him open to some security issues. Well, unless he buys, uh, you know, he can spend $29, £29, um, and buy McAfee or Semantic oh, yeah. or CA antivirus. As long as that works with uh, Windows XP, but eventually long as that will and get that's the problem. phased out. Most of the newer applications only work from Windows operating system number or letters, whatever they are, and it may be that eventually McAfee, etc., um, Norton won't work with XP. That will happen one day. I don't think that's happening yet, but if Microsoft is dropping it, I would expect any day soon for the other 
suppliers of software to be dropping that version of it as well yeah. because they're not going to be able to talk to Microsoft about it themselves to say, will my new version of Norton work with, oh, no, it won't work with XP anymore because you don't support it anymore. Um, Kenny, uh, best Sorry, Kenny. with that, but um, that's the, uh, the, the the best we can offer you today. Uh, this one, Dear City Talk, can Gary recommend a video surveillance system that can go up in a home? Mm, video now, that's interesting. Look out for... The first thing I would do is go to Maplin, Edge Lane, or the ones I know of, Edge Lane or Central Station. They've actually got demo ones. They've got versions there. Have a look at D-Link. That's D-Link, the letter D. Um, f- fantastic versions of surveillance, two cameras, three cameras, four cameras. Normally, it'll cost you about around about 150 quid all in for everything. Uh, you can get Wi-Fi cameras that work over the internet without any cables, except they do have to be plugged into an electric socket. But you could plug it somewhere in a, in home into an electric socket. They come with a, a plug, and you've got them using the Wi-Fi. Now, with that, you could do things like, and I saw this at an airport um, at Christmas, Netgear do a £99 camera, a Wi-Fi-enabled camera. You plug it into a socket, and actually it transmits to your iPhone or your tablet, your Android device, your iOS device, your iPad, etc. And you ah, can actually see so what monitor it. You could monitor it from a distance. So it's great for things like nurseries, for example, or actually keeping an eye on the, the garden or uh, keeping an eye on the front door. Or neighbours' cats. Who is the cat that keeps you-know-what in, in your herb patch? You could check you it could out. find out. Now, that £99 camera, it's quite a lot of money, but actually it's one of the best, and that was Netgear. There's also Belkin as well. So a lot of people that do those uh, internet, Wi-Fi hubs, etc., routers, extenders, they do great video surveillance systems. And as I say, you might get two or four cameras. You might get one camera and one uh, transmitter, and then you can actually buy add-ons. And I've even seen them in B&Q. So go to B&Q Homebase, and they've got them there. But shop around, and they're actually very, very good these days. Gone are the days that you need, like, you know, like a tape twirling over at all the point. It's getting saved on a hard disk. Yeah. Um, sometimes uh, what they'll do, they'll be motion sensitive. So if the cat was to walk past the, uh, oh, the yeah. device, it it'll on. take a photograph yeah. and send it to your device, to your iPhone or your Galaxy or whatever it might be. So actually, they can they can record still images for you and send them to you, or they record permanently and send it to the cloud. So it's out there in a file server, a filing cabinet, in a computer elsewhere. So it's not going to your machine, just in case you're worried. Well, some, you might have it at home, and then somebody steals a computer which has been transmitted to, yeah. well, they can actually go to the cloud as well. Next question, Gary, on the uh, gadget surgery, through to surgery at citytalk.fm, is from somebody called Gary. He says, Dear City Talk and uh, the Gadget Guru, what are the key differences between an iPhone 5S and a 5C, apart from the colours? Why is there such a price difference? I only need it for basic phone slash games slash messaging slash emails, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Thanks a lot. Love the show. And that's Gary who's emailed the show. So an iPhone 5C versus a 5S. What's the difference, Gary? Well, I love your question, Gary, and I love the name. Although I'm a bit confused by I only need it for basic phone. And then you add on games, messaging, emails, well, that's etc. Become, that's become like the basic thing of, yeah, of the phone now. Yeah. I only need it for Flappy Bird, uh, Angry Birds, yeah, exactly. email, Skype. Uh, or, uh, yeah, well, look, um, the difference is, as you know, is a colour. 
green, blue, yellow, pink, and white. Um, it's got an A6 chip, uh, ultra-fast wireless. This is a 5C I'm talking about. An 8-megabyte, uh, megapixel um, eyesight camera. And iOS 7. Do you know what? Sounds great. Except the 5S is faster. It also has a Touch ID fingerprint identity sensor. Wow, whoopee. The same camera, the same operating system. So actually, the 5C isn't as fast as the 5S. In fact, they compare the 5C to the same technology as the iPhone 5 except for the colour bit, because it's only the 5C oh, that comes in all those colours. It's outdated technology. It may as well not bother. So it's purely just the colour. That is what you're getting. But it, but, it, but it's it's fine, then. If you want to get one, they work perfectly well. They don't work quite as quick, and they don't have fingerprint recognition. But they do, but they do fine. They, they're yeah. fine. But actually, there are other phones. The uh, the the Samsung um, S5 might be an idea. S4. The S5 is coming out. S4. Um, you know, they're just as good in many ways. And they do, oh, emails and games and messaging, which is exactly what Gary had said. But they also have internet browsing. But the problem is, if you're going to get a 5C, the actual cost of getting the phone itself, the physical phone in your hand, plus the contract, could be more expensive than the HTC One, for example, or the S4, as another example. So you've got to think about, yes, the contracts might be decent, but it's actually getting the the actual phone itself. You're talking it's about an upfront up cost. The upfront cost of the phone, yeah. So just shop around to see what upfront cost you could get that for. I would also look at the LG G2, the HTC One, although it's not as good as, anywhere as good as the G2, the new Sony, um, uh, the Samsungs as well. There's lots of great phones out there, and it shouldn't just be about whether it's a pretty red or green or white or whatever. Now, the 5S doesn't come in all those colours. It comes in much, much less. I think it's like a champagne um, almost white colour, white colour, and a sort of grey colour. So you're, you're stuck with a limited range of colours, but you're not buying it for the colour, yeah. are you? Um, Gary, thank you for your question. Gary, thank you for your answer. It's the Gadget Surgery on City Talk 105.9. Dear City Talk, says Sandra in the Wirral, my year-old Samsung TV won't turn on after it turned itself off. The standby light is blinking to a pattern of double blink happening... Fi- oh, here we go. A double blink happening five times, and then a pause, and then it repeats. Please help, she says. Please, with the, the caps lock locked on it, I think. So Sandra's... Obviously, having Sandra's having problems. lots of problems yeah. with this. Um, well, d- you know, I'm not a TV engineer, and uh, this actually is something that ha- happens quite a few times with LCD TVs, and I've actually found the answer. And it may be, it could be two answers, but really what it needs is an engineer to look at it. But it sounds, and I sound as though I know what I'm talking about in terms of fixing TVs, it could be a capacitor issue. So actually in the back of the TV, um, uh, next to the power panel, there will be capacitors. And there could be five or six capacitors. And it, it sounds as though those could be faulty. Now, there was strangely... Because I've looked at YouTube. Check out YouTube. They tell you how to fix it. Um, And YouTube, one of the suggestions is get a hairdryer and actually heat up the uh, capacitors. And it apparently fixes the issue because for some reason, 
Now, don't ask me why. They dry out. Now, I never knew they were wet in the first place, but they say they dry out. Hair dryer sometimes resolves the issue, but actually what they do suggest is replacing the capacitors. So I'd say, well, if it's only a year old, you've still got a warranty there, Well, presumably. Well, if it's... now, I, Sorry, if it's only a year old, um, it may still be under warranty. In fact... There is a European law, if it's two years old, despite what the warranty might say about being one year old, you can actually demand some assistance. So it may be that actually within two years, you could send it back to the uh, the shop that you got it from to get fixed, not to replace, to get fixed. So I would actually stand your ground. And I can't remember what the EU directive was for that. So I missed that point, actually, about there being the year old. Um, so that's completely thrown me in terms of the standby light itself. The problem is it's the standby light that's issue. Um, but yeah, if it's less than a year, they will have to do something about it. And I still think it's less than two years you'll get something done on it. Sandra, good luck with that situation there. Rebecca in Chester says, Dear Gary Miller, my iPad won't connect to any Wi-Fi. When I go out to settings and try to manually type in my Wi-Fi address, it can't locate or identify it nor does it offer any other connections. This happened overnight. I didn't drop it or anything else. What would you advise? So the iPad just simply not recognising there's any sort of signals to be uh, picked up there. Well, I don't quite get the whole question because obviously if you're trying different connections or looking for connections, you can only look for them if on the iPad or the iPhone um, or the, the, the MacBook Air or whatever. There is in settings uh, an option to turn the Wi-Fi on or off, it sounded at first as though you just turned it off, or somebody has turned it off. Now, you wouldn't even get any further to look for any connections if it was off. So that can't be the reason. So it can't be switched off. Otherwise, if it was off, you wouldn't have the search mechanism for other connections. I just wonder if somebody's maybe unplugged the router that's plugged into the wall that brings the broadband connection into the house because the broadband connection comes into the house, it comes through a telephone wire into a router, the router needs to be plugged into an electric socket and into the telephone socket for it to transmit the wireless signals around the house. Check both, plugged into the phone line, plugged into the electric socket. Are we essentially going to say turn it off, turn it on again as Basically, well. Basically, or turn it on might be the answer. <laughs> but take it out uh, and uh, what you'll find in Liverpool City Centre is uh, there is actually um, BT uh, Wi-Fi e- everywhere. Like a hotspot. It's a hotspot all over the city centre. So try that. You pay for that. It's not free. But if you're not even getting that, there is something wrong with your wireless connection itself. So take it out into the streets and try and use it. Go to a, a, an independent coffee shop um, go to even Mackey's or one of those kind yeah. of places. They'll have Wi-Fi in. If that's not coming up and you have got the Wi-Fi switched on in settings, you've got an issue. Gary, we've literally got 30 seconds left on the show this week. Lynn says, can Gary explain how I can use Microsoft Office on an iPad, please? You can get Office Well, actually, Mac. no, you couldn't. Uh, well, you can on the Mac, but actually on an iPad, it's just come out this weekend. Ah. It's just it's just appeared in the last few days that you can now go to the App Store in uh, uh, Apple and download Microsoft Office, Word, Excel, and so on. And it'll just work, but it'll be touchscreen. It'll be there on yeah. your iPad, yeah, and it'll save to the cloud and do all that kind of stuff. And your iPhone as well. Well, there you go. There you go, Lynn. There you go. 
Breaking news. Yeah. And how do we get those questions? Absolutely. If you've got questions for next week's show, do send them in. Surgery at citytalk.fm. That's surgery at citytalk.fm. Gary, great to see you today. Uh, And we'll see you next Monday morning. Next Monday, 720. Look forward to it. This is the City Surgery on City Talk 105.9.